Good evening. This is First Day Podcast. I am your host, Jenna Terry, and I am here with the talented and handsome <laughs> Peter Michael Straub. Oh, shoot. Yay. Hi. How's it going? Good. I hope my clapping registered to the listeners. Yeah, I, I see it. Okay, good. I see it, actually. I was trying so. to make you feel welcome uh-huh. in your own podcast studio. I love it. Um, so today we are going to be discussing some original works yeah. by you. Yeah. And uh, you're going to give us some readings and then we'll just sort of talk about how it makes us feel. That's kind of my plan. Yeah. Is yeah. to just dive into our emotions. Yeah. Maybe we'll cry. Maybe we'll laugh. Maybe we'll get upset. I don't know. Oh, man. I can't control it. So. I, yeah, I know. There's just a, a caveat of emotions. Yeah. I'm hoping to do at Cavalcade. least at least three drastically different emotions tonight. Oh, wow. It's going to be a roller coaster. That's Ooh, my plan. I don't, I, <laughs> I don't know if I'm a roller coaster emotion writer. But <laughs> we'll find out. Yeah, I guess so. I guess um, so. Well, let's just dive right in. Please. Are you ready to dive? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, well, why don't you tell us well, which poem you'd like to read first for our enjoyment? Okay. Well, I gave you I gave you a few. Yes. And you said that you liked um, Beached. Beached mm-hmm. is the first one I'm going to read. Okay. And, um, you know, I... I remember, actually, this is a really fun kind of, like, hangover poem. Mm. I I was writing it not long after we went to Louisville for New Year's Eve. Ah. Yeah. With the Lauren Goodman? With the Lauren Goodman. Yes. And the Elise Mullins. Yes. And got the plastered. And, (laughs) you know... I'm a little old for that kind of stuff, and yeah, you know the the meds don't really help, so hangovers are pretty hard. Yeah, but you know it's kind of one of those things where I guess it was fun to do once. It it was. I don't want to say I guess. I had a great time, and uh, you know it was amazing. But I definitely was was feeling my age the next day. Yeah. So I I don't know. So our first emotion is hungover. I guess so. Is that an emotion or a state Miserable? of being? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's a state of being. Yeah. Achy and miserable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This will be fun because I picked these poems out months ago. Yeah. So long time ago. I don't remember them. So uh, I yeah. sort of like the idea that I've picked them out and now I don't remember them. So it's kind of like me hearing them for the first yeah. time. Yeah. There you go. It's a surprise to everybody. Yeah, so we're um And I never I like don't read my own work at all. So <laughs> it'll be a surprise for everyone. It's a surpri- yeah, it's a surprise all around. Okay. This um, is exciting. Yeah, I also want to note really quick before we get started on this thing yeah. that you know, I know it's been a bit of a hiatus from the show, but um I'm really going to work on making sure that I get these out more regularly as I keep going through the editing process for the book. And um, Jenna, I hope you're going to be willing to help me and uh, help me steer the ship and, and get, you know, 
get some get some good poetry on the radio, I guess. You're really putting me on the spot. Well, you're asking me via the airwaves. Via the airwaves. <laughs> it's going out live. To be fair, I <laughs> I did ask you off the air as well. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, so I took a little time, um, between shows to kind of do a little, um, do a little mental health maintenance and that's always important to kind of declutter my life and everything and make sure that I was in a good space. Um, so I thought that was, I thought that was going to be important for, for the show. And so, um, Thank you for tuning in if, if you're yeah. coming back. And thanks for helping me, Jenna. And um, yeah, I'll get started with Beached. It's not about a whale, is it? Sorry, I couldn't help that. There is an extended whale metaphor. Okay, yes. awesome. All right, let's dive in. Spoiler alert. The first poem is called Beached. My tongue is swollen and dry, like the body of a beached killer whale, just missing the mark on his unsuspecting sea lion feast, draining and sizzling in the hot sun, never revealing his secrets or regretting the blood he spilled before, shameless like I was, hunting burritos like blubbery beasts of the sea, meant to sustain me through the season. I had the killer instinct flopping and thrashing on the dance floor, leading my pod through the sea of other creatures, brazen, brash, drunk on life and love and well vodka. We hunted for happiness and fed on a room of strangers, wobbled around like toddler ballerinas, loving every moment because we couldn't regulate our comprehension. We dipped low, dropped whatever because it was hot, booted, scooted, and boogied came alive we thrashed and splashed and made prey out of the town at the end we were all breathing in sync and ran to play in traffic as bold as ever before we knew the night was over the hunt had ended and we were beached searching desperately for water mouths agape tongues swollen and dry we can't say it was smart to be so careless, but we were full and drunk and happy. Snaps. Snaps, snaps, snaps. I don't know if it's because, well, I don't, I don't want to say it like that because that like takes away from your writing, but the first thing that strikes me about that poem is I can vividly remember that night and how we like and how much fun we were having yeah me too and like and it just brings me back to that moment yeah um and so i think that speaks to you really capturing that feeling of that night and just yeah. being with good friends and having fun and celebrating and just um that sort of primal happiness that we felt of just like the alcohol sort of melts away all the worry right and we were just having fun and dancing and we were sweating oh yeah we were just there 
was just lights flashing and fog machines and dude it was it was a super you know it was a really crazy night and and um you know our group of friends from from college yeah that wasn't that wasn't really uncommon when we were all in college and now we've all sort of dispersed and now we're adults in different places and doing different things and everything but it, it i really uh thought that night it was sort of like a you know a reconvening yeah. of a group you know a smaller more abbreviated group but like a group of our friends just you know letting the night sort of dictate what yeah what we felt and what we did you recapturing know? a little bit of that magic that we all produce when we would be together absolutely um yeah that's it that's that's the initial feeling that i got yeah and, and you you know i wanted to make sure that um that i mentioned just like the killer instinct when a night's going really well and you just are like absorbing all of the good good feelings you know what i mean and sometimes it just leaves you <laughs> leaves you dried out and yeah you know bloated and swollen the next day but yeah. it's, it's totally <laughs> it's totally worth it yeah yeah i i love the uh meta it's a metaphor right yeah okay Oh, I gotta make sure I'm on point with my <laughs> with my terms here, um, of like your tongue being a beached whale because it just makes. I I think what really drew me to this poem was just the vivid imagery that you were creating because, I I can almost feel that like when you're so tired and thirsty, yeah, and you're just kind of like you're. Yeah. Like your tongue is just, I know that's a horrible sound to hear in your headphones, but <laughs> your tongue is just like, you're just tired and you don't even want to do anything, but it was just so much fun and you just want to drink some water. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the best, it's the best feeling of exhaustion you, I think you'll ever yeah. have, you know? Yeah. You're, you're up the next day and your, your muscles are aching and you're head is throbbing and you're just, you're so thirsty but you just know that you were just surrounded by by love the night before so yeah. it's it's almost like love wounds you know what i mean it's just bouncing back from you know intensely good times and i think that's that's what I wanted to go for. It's a fun hangover. Yeah. Like a fun hangover. Right. Yeah. Like the kind that, you know, we're, you know, we're go nearing the end of our 20s now. And hangovers <laughs> these days yeah, usually consist of, like, lots of naps, uh, grumpiness. Um, they take about three days. Three days. Yeah. Three <laughs> days of sort of, like, walking around like a zombie and yes. stuff. Yes. But, you know, when when we all would would uh, go out together when we were all in college, hangovers were, you know, breakfast at the diner and, you know. Boy, dining hall. Yeah, wa just watching mm -hmm. movies you haven't seen in a long time with with your friends that you were out with and just like going back over the crazy things of the night and everything and 
you know, as you disperse, when you become an adult, you sort of like lose that feeling. But, you know, I, I just sort of wanted to say like, hey, man, you might feel like shit, but it's it's not over. Like, you, yeah, you still got to capture that that spark, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's really just creating more memories with those people. Absolutely. And it's good. I think it's good every once in a while to recapture some of that with friends, with old friends. Yeah. Because it, like, it sparks that, you know, what drew you all together in the first place. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that sort of, um, at least with my college friends, we all sort of have this... um, spice for life i guess you could say like we (laughs) we were always sort of down for whatever and kind of did whatever and yeah that night would not have happened in a in a gathering of my super closest friends you know (laughs) (laughs) i don't think scott and david would take me on the town that way no probably not (laughs) (laughs) if 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 anything is proven it was (laughs) the 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 bachelorette planning that we've been doing for our other friend is any indication of uh what we consider a fun night out yeah. but um yeah, yeah. more details on that to come later sure. yeah so i i love that poem i think it's so vivid and like i said i i'm sure part of that is because i was there that night but it just really brings me back to that moment and that night and captures that feeling and not just that night but also the next day yeah and being exhausted but but that happy exhausted of you know we're we're exhausted because we had so much fun yeah and you know i just yeah i i wanted to spark that contrast between you know we're all exhausted life life can be exhausting (laughs) yes you know what i mean and it's different Waking up exhausted from just pure fun mm-hmm. than waking up exhausted because the work days are just going on and on. You know yeah. what I mean? So, um, can I ask some technical questions? Because yeah. I, I think that um, not not to sort of just kind of step away from the actual poem for a minute because I think that. Part of the thing about poetry is that it might seem intimidating to people because they think that there are it's it's sometimes harder to understand poetry because I think people think they're supposed to like know all these special things about it yeah. and um they're like, well, it doesn't rhyme, so how can it be poetry yeah um so can you just talk a little bit about? maybe a little more of the technical side of it, of how you structure your poetry and like, this is the only way, like what makes your poem a poem? Yeah. Sure. Am am I putting you on the spot? No. Okay. No. Because, Because I know I personally don't understand a lot of it. And I know that poetry is really about, invoking some type of emotion or image just like all writing really is about sort of bringing yeah. something out yeah but i just think it's nice to also i don't know maybe understand a little bit of it more yeah. and how it works to yeah. i don't know 
dive in a little deeper? I, um, well, to start with the rhyming thing, I write everything in, in free verse. So Roses are red. Nah. It's not, not me. <laughs> <laughs> for, for everyone else, sometimes I tease Pete and I write really terrible poems. And I'm like, I'm just as good as you are. <laughs> and he hates it. <laughs> you're, even, you're even better, which is the thing I really hate. <laughs> I'm not. I just can rhyme quickly. <laughs> there there are actually times when when I'm writing when I will make something rhyme just because it comes to me that way and yeah. I change it. I don't know why. Yeah. I, I, so you said everything's in free verse. Yeah. So that just means it doesn't rhyme. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um to for me, I think that uh, my po my poetry is more about uh, the cadence and the and the rhythm. Like I I want to keep keep my lines uh, shorter, mm -hmm. so that um, I'm still chipping away at an initial image, and eventually opening it up to paint the entire picture. That's how I sort of view. Um, writing poetry. I like to think that I'm following a narrative, except um, I'm not directly telling a story. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to create images where you can sort of uh, imagine what what is happening, but I want to explain more how it makes me feel than what actually is going on. I like that. It's different than um, if you were to be reading like a novel where the point of that is to paint the entire picture yeah. in a way. And so I guess how I'm interpreting what you're saying is that you're painting a picture, but we're looking at that picture through how you see the picture. Yeah. yeah. And listening to your narrative and your emotions and then pulling the imagery from that yeah so to to go on a little more about it i apologize but i think um don't apologize this is all about you <laughs> when i when i started writing i was never super proficient on a on a technical level but i always felt that what I had the the most ability in was being able to sort out my my thoughts and feelings on a situation and yeah. make them into into a cohesive statement. So if a if one of my poems reaches you, then I made a statement that appeals to you, right? Yeah. Um and for me, it's an exercise because my head is a jumbled mess most of the time. So when I write, I really try to flesh out an idea. And a lot of times I'll like cut every other line or something or, you know, try to, um, you know, chop, you know, chop out maybe part of the middle to get to the end because yeah. I, I just... I have too many things going on at yeah. once and I don't, I want to like stay on this road. I mean, 
you're my wife. You've had conversations with me before. <laughs> Sometimes I can be all over the place. Yeah. So I've always felt like poetry was my way to stay on one road and, you know, more than anything, just complete a thought. Yeah. It clear and concise. Yeah. With this one idea. Yeah. I like that. That's how it's actually funny because we were just sort of talking about this the other day and I was saying, um, I think I was helping you edit um, a project you were working on yeah. for work yeah. and I just kept going like, cut this, cut this, cut this, cut this, like clear and concise. That's how I like it. Yeah. Like clean, clean. So I think that's what's so interesting to me about your poetry is, is knowing you and feeling like I know how your mind works and how you sort of can jump from this to this to back here and over here and then to see you kind of write this very clear thought um just sort of speaks to your ability to do that to to and and They're how the only clear thoughts I have <laughs> no I don't think so um but and and also your ability to be I mean you're so insightful and you're so self-aware and I think that that also allows you to do what you do when it comes to this yeah okay I get what you're saying yeah yeah I mean if you're because you're talking about like like getting inside your head and figure out how you feel about something or and so I mean I think that is you you're just you're so freaking self-aware <laughs> like more than anyone i know well one one of the things especially in the case of uh this poem one of the things that made me want to write it was i felt that way when i woke up the next day yeah you know what i mean yeah but i don't want to sound like a crazy person <laughs> in lauren's apartment just saying <laughs> you guys i feel like a beached whale i feel I feel like a beached whale, but I am filled with love and happiness right now. And I just, I need to let you all, you know, it's just, to me, it's always been easier because there's less fear in, yeah. Yeah. in poetry. You know, you don't have to feel as strange expressing how you really feel if it's art. That's so interesting to me because I feel like, for me, I feel like it's the other way around. Yeah. I, I, feel... I feel like I'd be so much more comfortable like being in Lauren's apartment being like, guys, I feel like a beached whale, but <laughs> last night was awesome. <laughs> but if you had to, if I had to write a poem about it, I, I would feel so uncomfortable doing that. See, I feel stifled by real life. Like, is this why we go together so well? Yeah. Like day to day situation, you know, okay. So I could write, I could write poetry pretty much, you know, like anytime I wanted yeah. and be very comfortable just, you know, doing that activity. But if I were stuck on an elevator with someone that I knew a little or barely knew, I would be, you know totally lost yeah so that's it's you know it's where i get everything out i think anyway 
deep inside the mind of Peter Strauss. I guess. <laughs> deep, deep inside. Oh, boy. Uh, okay, well, I think you should um, read your next poem. Do you want to set it up for us, or you just want to read it? Um, I think this one's better with, with no setup. Okay. Um, What's it called? This one is My Head is Swimming. My Head is Swimming. Possibly a working title, now that I've said it out loud. Asterisk, possibly a working title. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> on Sunday, my head was swimming. The tide rolled in on time and washed ashore all of these thoughts that I'd forgotten. I felt the salty mist on my face and the clarity of the waves from the day before, but not today. Today was full of hesitations. Unaware if I could float, I was washed out to sea. I thrashed my arms through the choppy thoughts I'd had of brilliance and bogus. A deep breath in, then I was submerged. I have always felt a kinship with the dark abyss of drowning. There is no air for me to breathe, but at least there's also no hope. I always felt like like being trapped in my head was definitely too scary. My head swimming was the most concerning thought I could have. Most of the time I feel like I can't breathe, but at least I know that I shouldn't hope to escape. Some days I hope my flailing would be more graceful than I'd hoped. Maybe I'm secretly agile, and the crash of the sea won't affect me, as I've become part of the tide. I can learn to ebb and flow with the unwavering strength of a typhoon. I try not to fear the crush. I try to accept the depths I will go. I look up through the water and see the stars wildly in the night. The rolling ripples animating the sky in a way I could have never imagined. Staring up, I realize that this is the day I will drown. My chest explodes and bubbles escape my eye sockets as the last oxygen leaves me. I know there is nothing I can change. I will become the ocean. And the crowd goes, Oh man, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what if poetry was just like sporting events and people screamed and did air horns? Oh, I'd hate, I would, no, nah, I'd hate that. <laughs> okay. I would hate that. I don't even, I, I don't, I'm shooting myself in the foot for, for uh, trolls right now, but I don't even know if poetry is a good formula for podcasting. <laughs> To be honest. We're going to find out. <laughs> I guess so. But cheers and... St- oh, man. No. Pass. That's a crowd roaring. Mm. No thanks. Um, So, I want to break the fourth wall a little bit. Okay. You, like, kind of chuckled in the middle? Yeah. And why is that? I think that line sounds like Mulan. <laughs> With the force of a great yeah, typhoon, exactly. be yeah. a man. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we watched felt, that movie not that long I know, ago. <laughs> I know. I felt like 
I felt like Eddie Murphy the Dragon was telling me to be a man <laughs> while I was reading it, so I like had to take a second. Were you like doing karate chops off of like <laughs> logs in a river <laughs> and then climbing a no climbing a tree to retrieve an arrow? Clearly, I'm drowning. Yeah, oh. clearly that's, that's yeah. All You're that's not being on. a man. No. Uh-uh. No. I'm, a, I'm just being a very tired man who's, yeah. who can't swim anymore. So is that poem, and maybe this is just on my mind because we were just talking about it, but it sort of struck me as um, describing what you were saying earlier mm. about how you're, you feel like your brain is just jumbled and like sort of trying to find your way out of it and... Um, yeah, actually, when I wrote, when I wrote this, um, I wrote this a while ago, and, um, as I said before, I took a little break, um, from this show and the writing in particular because I was, I was having some issues and I really wanted to, um, you know, just get a little help because mm-hmm. I was I was feeling really overwhelmed and having a lot of um, anxiety and, um, you know, I ended up I ended up getting some help from a from a therapist and I really think that that did a lot for me. But this is really how I decompress. You know? Yeah, and it's taken me actually a lot of that sort of um that sort of work that I'm doing in counseling and stuff to realize that this is where this is where I actually get to feel normal and level yeah. even you know so that's this poem is really more i think about anxiety mm-hmm. and uh just feeling overwhelmed so at the end of the poem when you're when you're drowning yeah do you think that's you um being overwhelmed Mm -hmm. by the anxiety or do you feel like it's more you succumbing to the idea that you're there's always going to be anxiety. There's always going to be this. Your head will probably always sort of be this jumbled mess. Yeah. Or your thoughts, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> that sounded a little condescending. Um, <laughs> But your your head will always kind of be these jumbled thoughts. But like you just sort of accept that that's the way that it will be. And you're just sort of succumbing to that idea of like, this is just the way it's going to be. I just have to accept it. And then I learn how to. Like, you become a part of the tide, then hmm. you become, yeah. you're sort of just sinking into that feeling and accepting it, and then it sort of loses some of its power over you. Yeah. If because you, I've, I've become you, the ocean. You become the ocean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I am my anxiety, and, you know, I am in in control of it, even though it's out of control kind of thing Mm -hmm. um i also really prefer to in scenarios like this 
I always prefer to write in, uh, I guess you could say the, the end where I kill myself off or something, because <laughs> it's just sort of like being able to complete that process and yeah. just feel, I, I don't know, somehow it's like a relief. Like if, if you yeah. are so, you know, if you're so worked out, worked up that you like can't see any end in sight sometimes it's a relief for me to just write like well just you know just give up because you know me in life i have a really hard time like managing uh too much anxiety or having like a a ton of things on my plate but i always sort of have this moment where i like reconvene and um like really nail down all all of uh all of the moving pieces and everything and really try to get back on track with um with poetry i i'm allowing myself to sort of like give up that control you know yeah and i think when when um i'm having sort of a really tough time with things I feel like I I go way down and I allow myself a little time to just sort of feel like I'm at the bottom. But then I sort of tr- seize the control back piece by piece and start getting things back in order, right? Mm-hmm. But when I write poetry, I don't have to... I don't have to make a comeback. You know what I mean? You can't just give up on life, but in a poem, you could totally give up. There's really no consequences. Yeah, well, and it's also that, like, representation of letting go. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Like, I don't don't even know if, like, like, giving up in the sense of, I need to let this go. Right. So that I can then move on, Mm -hmm. like that idea of like killing a part of yourself and letting it go. Yeah. And, and, and growing a new part. Right. I I really didn't, I didn't have this in mind when I was working on this, uh, working on this piece, but, um, it is sort of working as a metaphor for, rebirth or yeah you know resurgence yeah and it sort of paints the picture of like um you're you're like fighting against the tide to get somewhere right but if you just let go and relax and you were given to the tide you're gonna get somewhere right it's not gonna be the exact same place that you're fighting to get to yeah you'll just wash up you'll just (laughs) yeah you'll wash up on shore eventually yeah Yeah. (laughs) Your dead floating body will just yeah. yeah, so it's fine. Right. Um it'll you'll just you'll, like Swiss Army man. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you'll get there. You'll get yeah. where you need to go, but if you give into it and you just let it take you there. Um and and I like what you were saying about like creating that anxiety because it reminds me of um our special mommy Tina. Oh, yeah. And on that Steep Bro podcast that we listen to. Free plug. A free plug. It's great. Um, When she, um, when you were saying that, I had this moment of her in my head 
talking about how um, we create all of our own anxiety. Sure. We yeah. create all of our own dark yeah, thoughts. Yeah, we do. And so because of that, on the one hand, it's terrifying to think that our minds do that to us. But it also is such a powerful thing because if you're creating all your anxiety and you're creating all of your dark thoughts and you're doing all of that yourself, then you have the power to change that, to to let go, to give into the tide, to, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I think that that's just such an interesting perspective for someone who, um, you know, everybody deals with anxiety to some degree and everybody deals with stress and pressure. And so, and everybody has negative thoughts and dark thoughts. And so to know that you have that power to, um, control that yourself is empowering. Yeah. So, you know, you can give into the tide. It doesn't mean you're giving up. It means you're, you know, you're, you're not fighting against something. You're, yeah. you're, you're letting it help you're you. You're embracing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I also think that, um, that adults give themselves a lot of, um, allowance to make themselves overwhelmed. Yeah. Myself. Uh, story of my life. Yeah. I was just going to say <laughs> myself in particular, I allow myself to be overwhelmed all the time. I actually, I just said to someone the other day that I could tell that I was feeling better because I started just like listening to my old music again instead of, you know, just like listening to historical conspiracy theory podcasts and learning about how the world is like all built on lies and things. And just, you know, overwhelming myself because I already felt overwhelmed and just like piling more information, I guess, onto that just so I could feel like I wasn't the only one who had a lot going on, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Things are getting deep in here. Uh, I know. I know. Do you feel like you're on this emotional roller coaster with me that I tried I, to create? I feel like, yeah, I feel like we're <laughs> coming up on the last turn, but okay. yeah, we did it. Are we going to end on a high note or is this uh uh eh, it's not a low note. It's not a low <laughs> all note. All right, it's all about perspective. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um is this poem called Growing Revoice? What's nope. that say? I Glo- can't glowing review glowing review i'm sitting further away from it so i can't see it that makes sense yeah that makes sense but this is glowing review glowing review i remember when i used to like things to love things i remember feeling so connected to songs my writing books I remember the first time I read Fight Club or heard Ziggy Stardust. I felt like I would burst into tears on the spot. Like someone else knows exactly who I am and wanted to speak with me. 
I used to dress as David Bowie, circa Labyrinth, and believe I could be the king of the goblins too. Why couldn't I be? Why wasn't there a place where we could all be rulers of puppet goblins? As you grow, you learn that fantasies are chances to escape. What if they weren't? Is there any reason why traffic, work, offices, post-its, pens, reports, family obligations, dress shoes, ties, clipped fingernails, flash drives, and health insurance are more real? Who dictates that all of the travels to distant worlds aren't happening? I know that all at once we decided it was inefficient for everyone to live in fantasy. It didn't make sense for everyone to enjoy their entire existence. But we can mass produce fantasy worlds to ease the minds of the public. I know that my mind always wanders back to the days when I used to love things. I think it should. I think there is a world as real as everything that lives behind my eyes. And I love it. And I'll be there. I'll drift off on a post-it and there will be no finding me. Not unless everyone loses their restrictions as well. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, that immediately reminds me of Inside Out when we oh, watched that movie and it was just about how like you have to let go of those things as a child in order to grow up and like lose those fantasies and your imagination to be an adult. Mm-hmm. And we just cried and cried and cried. Oh my God. <laughs> we were not so ready for that ridiculous. movie. Yeah. That's, that's my initial reaction. But it also makes me think too, like there's some truth to it that, we we can sort of live in whatever world we want to live in. Yeah. You know, we don't have to... We can balance it out. Right. It doesn't have to be all health insurance and toenail yeah. clippings. Right, <laughs> yeah. And grocery stores and... You know, when I when I wrote this, it's something that I've tried to sort of work with for a really long time um my friend our friend will is very smart Mm -hmm. and told me a really long time ago about um you know a lot of the human race's ability to live without having to work but you know that can't happen yeah it would like upset the balance of you know society yeah yeah but i always i remember you know sort of going down that rabbit hole with him and i it just it's always stuck with me it's always been something that I always like go back to when I'm feeling like frustrated 
I'm feeling like there's just too much, you know, I, you know, too much adult shit to do. Yeah. I always go back to that conversation that I had with him and I'm like, you know, we don't even need to do half of the stuff that like takes up the most of our time. You know what I mean? But we don't like live in a place in a time where right. that would be like allowed to happen. Anyway, I think I really just wanted to make sure that I was telling myself that it's okay that I prefer <laughs> the labyrinth yeah, <laughs> to, you know, filling out timesheets and stuff. But I also think, too, there's sort of a, a beauty in the everyday life. Yeah. That there is something kind of magical and you can make these things that we might consider to be mundane to be magical because I I just think about like the way that you and I sort of resist that, that feeling of we have to do this because we have to do this and this sucks and like, just something as simple as, like, I know that, like, when we're driving to work, we're listening to podcasts that we really enjoy. Right. And when we're at work, we do the same thing. And yeah. um, even just something like cleaning the house but playing music while we do it and right. stuff like that, I think, sort of lets you straddle that line of um, living in that kind of magical world. Sure. And also being a responsible adult, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so I don't know. I I mean, I definitely get overwhelmed by normalcy things and just, oh, we have to clean and we have to do this and we have to do that. But there's something kind of peaceful about it, too. Yeah. I, I always think that... Um... I always think that the humdrum stuff doesn't doesn't bother me as much as the normalcy stuff. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't mind like doing things that I have to do. I think the thing that bothers me is that I have to I have to to a degree be like the majority of the people that I would be interacting with to get X, Y, and Z done, you know, like, um, grocery shopping or something like I, I can't, I mean, I could, I could wear, uh, tights and, you know, a long cloak and really, really tease up my hair Yeah. to look a little more like Jareth from you know from from the labyrinth but you know i think there is a dwindling dwindling ability to really do that and and roll with it and i know it's like kind of a yeah a subjective thing because on you know on the west coast there are like 
you know, cosplay conventions like every other week and stuff. <laughs> and like it's a lot more acceptable in different places to just like be who the fuck you are, you know? And like I could probably change change what type of person I wanted to be daily. Just depending on yeah. what's what's what I'm feeling, you know what I mean? And I think that people forget to imagine things or they see it as like something that you do when you're a kid to sort of like make sense of things, but you don't really use it as an adult to like do whatever. And I think that's a real shame. And I, I know that a lot of people really get into different like imaginary kind of things with their kids and everything. And that's cool. That's like one way to do it. But I really just think that this poem mostly I was trying to touch on the fact that there's a lot more world out there than what you see every day. And when your mind sort of wanders into the fantastical, you should just let it. You know, you only have so long to flush those things out. Just let your mind wander. You know, that's that stuff's always going to be there. The stuff you have to do. But if it makes you feel better to listen to the Ziggy Stardust and imagine living on Mars do it i mean let's be honest i don't think that you have the energy to make yourself look like jareth every day no i don't i don't <laughs> i don't know if you would put that much effort into <laughs> no, getting ready <laughs> i i much more picture myself um uh, a uh a uh big barbarian most of the time yeah like, i would probably you know just i would probably just wear like an animal skin <laughs> tank top and like one cloth everywhere if i have the choice if you have a just yeah minimalist yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. really really grow the beard and the hair out yeah well i think that that sums it up nicely just use your imagination don't be afraid <laughs> of your imagination as a an adult as an adult do not be afraid of your imagination nope because wonderful things live there and to go back to your podcast thing for a second i mean that's such a that's such a generational thing like i think yeah people older than us and we're like you know we're pretty early on on the spectrum of the millennials, right? Um, but it, it it is like a generational thing with people who are older than us with the earbuds and the headphones all the time. Yeah. They're always like, you always got your earbuds in or your headphones in. Like, what, you know, you're so disconnected. And, it, and it's like, you know, maybe. But I really think that people undervalue time spent with themselves and and i think that living with your earbuds in and and um 
you know, just getting to know the things that you find important makes you a well-rounded person and, you know, making a point to multitask on the, the things that may not require all of your attention and allow yourself a little leeway to pick up some of those those really important things that you want to to think about and to you know really understand and you know I remember a couple of years ago I was learning about Genghis Khan and the Mongolian army and everything and I have no idea what project I was working on at work but I do remember having like two months of my life be completely consumed with like trying to learn more about Mongolians <laughs> you know yeah so I just don't I think I think people rush to socialize and network and all of yeah. that stuff but I think we really undervalue the the time that we could spend on our own yeah it's all about perception yeah absolutely yeah so yeah i think your poems are really good thank you thank you i enjoyed them would you do the show again yes all right all right i think i'll be back sweet i always am i'm the permanent substitute permanent substitute That's for right. any podcast in yeah. any capacity uh-huh. i just get pulled in uh-huh. <laughs> that's right yeah me yeah. and charlie mm-hmm. yeah charlie's not saying much tonight no but. she's quite she's intimidated by poetry yeah yeah well um before we wrap up mm-hmm. is there anything that you would like to plug um, keep listening to First Day Podcast. I am I am making it a point to have this show out on a more regular cadence. And hopefully at this very moment, you're using this podcast to pull yourself a little bit away mm. from the mundane task that you are working on there at work or driving home or folding laundry. Mm-hmm. And you're we're transporting you into... A fantastical world. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping to get neck deep in editing and and writing for Quake. And I thought that the best way to sort of test market some um, some of the stuff that I've been writing that's new would just be to bring it here. So. Yeah. I hope everybody enjoyed what we had. Um, today and I hope you'll keep tuning in in the future and follow me on this uh, on this process yeah and uh, support the show yeah you can click through the Amazon banner mm-hmm. and uh, purchase things as per usual as and per usual we get a little kickback mm-hmm. uh, you can also just donate to the show yep um, you can also just write me a personal check if you'd mm. like to Mm. Um, and I'll make sure that that money goes to the right place yeah. for sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, visit the website, rate and review on iTunes. Please, please. That's a huge help. We've been, honestly, 
I also want to say thanks. I'm, I've been saying thank you on all of my other shows. Uh, we've gotten a really big boost in uh, subscriptions lately. I don't know what the reasoning is for it, but I'm not complaining. Nope. I'm extremely thankful to everyone who's been who's been subscribing and um, and enjoying the show. Support so. local art. Please, please. Even if you're not from Columbus, yeah. just know it's local. That this is local. It's 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 in my basement. It's small time. Yeah, we so are in our own basement. Yeah, it's local <laughs> enough. Yeah, yeah, pretty local. Mm-hmm. All right. Actually, you close out the show. Um, <laughs> I, I, I want you to say the thing that you texted me today that we both thought was really cool. That was from another podcast. Do you remember what it was? I don't want to put you on the spot oh, like this. Okay, okay. Give me a second. So I want to make sure that I'm quoting it correctly. And um, this was a Marcus Parks quote. Marcus Parks from Last Podcast on the Left. Yes. If anyone is a fan. He said, Your mental health is not your fault, but it is your responsibility love that i think that's the perfect way to end yeah i agree i agree take care of yourselves everybody take care of each other 